Hi, I'm Nina. And I'm Tiffany. And we are the hosts of the Literally Dead podcast. The Literally Dead podcast is a lifestyle podcast that covers a wide range of topics from pop culture, including the BSB comeback, which I'm really excited about, as well as big life changes like marriage, moving, and how to survive the whole 30. So this is our first episode and we're super excited to be chatting with you guys. Go ahead and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is literally dead podcast and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Well done. <laughs> That's our first ever intro of our first real episode. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I just wanted to apologize to everyone too. I don't know if this gives our podcast bad juju, but I am pretty sick. Like we may have to take breaks because I from my coughing attacks. It's like the snowpocalypse of the year over here in the Northwest. Um, I'm out in Hood River where there's currently a foot of snow. Oh my and god! Really? There's, there's that like much there? zero. Yes, it's so gorgeous. But the funny thing is, everyone still functions here just fine. But out in Portland, there's literally zero inches of snow and everything's shut down. Um, they have to rebuild the city pretty much. But yeah, everyone here is sick, so I was not immune from that. Well, I feel okay, but I still sound like shit, so I don't really have an excuse, but it still is snowing here, and she's right. It's crazy. In Seattle, it's the exact same way, but everybody is just a bunch of pussies. So <laughs> anyways, onward, and it's actually probably going to start snowing again while I'm recording here in Seattle, so that'll be fun. Yes. For this episode, we are going to st- talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and it's been kind of looming over me like this shadow for the last couple of months and it is turning 30 in the transition from your 20s into your 30s i am turning 30 this morning i literally said two weeks but nina reminded me that it is in four days um Mm -hmm. so that has left me with a lot to think about and a lot of lost sleep at night so that is what we're here to talk about yay exciting and what's really funny is (laughs) Last night, Nina and I were both texting each other at 8.30 p.m. on a Saturday, and we were talking about, uh, you know, planning for this episode and for recording, and then simultaneously, we both admitted that we were actually in bed, and it was 8.30, and so we kind of joked, like, this is 30, and so perfect, so that's where we're at. Yeah, It's, it's a great place to be in. Trust me, I've been here for, what, a couple months. (laughs) you're in for a real treat i know i feel like you're an expert on it now so i can't wait to get your advice and hear your thoughts like it's this big this big milestone we'll see valentine's day is my birthday Woohoo! oh man here we go here we go that must have been a really exciting valentine's day for your parents there's two camps on valentine's day birthdays and people Either look at my ID, which is a thing. I still get carded for rated R movies sometimes. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's sad. I'm like, actually, I'm almost 30. No, you should be happy about that. One day. I know they keep saying one day, but, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to pull any fellas these days. But (laughs) we'll see. Um, Yeah, anyways, people always either say, ooh, I'm sorry. Lately, they've been apologizing to Ben, which I think he would agree. It kind of sucks that my birthday falls on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's Um, tough. And or or they're like, that's really awesome. And I personally love it because I have never had a bad Valentine's Day. And I have been single for most of them. 
That's probably why. That is exactly why. Shout out to the single ladies. Holla. None that doesn't apply to either of us anymore, but you know, we can dream. Just kidding. Uh, but I used to tell my friends, like, I don't want to hear any of you complain that you're having mm-hmm. a bad Valentine's Day because all of you should be celebrating my birthday too. Yeah, that's true. Anyways. That's actually a really good, you know, like option to just spend celebrate Tiffany's birthday instead of Valentine's Day. Maybe our listeners out there can start that as well. You know, there are okay, a lot I'm of sure. <laughs> Yeah, just what I need, more attention on my birthday. That's what everybody wants, especially on your 30th. So I was thinking back on my Valentine's Day experiences growing up. And, you know, I actually don't have a ton of shitty memories. I don't have a ton of, like, guys breaking my heart and all that shit. Um, But i have one where i was a relatively you know not the best valentine if you will or girlfriend i definitely went through a phase in my younger years where you know was it maybe the most considerate gal that i should have been um, yes i can't wait <laughs> but i mean it's kind of funny looking back now but like i also generally was an asshole and um so i won't get into the whole story because it's long and just you know we don't really need to get into the details for the sake of the people involved however <laughs> I want the story. At the time, I was in a long-distance relationship, and our relationship was rocky to begin with. Um, And I got a Valentine's Day gift in the mail. It was those little heart Tiffany's earrings, you know, like with the matching, like, necklace and all that stuff that, like, everybody was obsessed with. You know what I'm talking about? Like, those return to Tiffany's, I think is what they were called. So, So, anyways, I wanted these matching earrings. He sent them to me. Uh, with this like little note you know that Tiffany's you can like write whatever you want and they like send it and you know it's like very stereotypical girl thing like oh my god little blue box my boyfriend's so cute blah 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 meanwhile (laughs) I am like oh sick I'm getting these like dope ass earrings um and I'm also planning on breaking up with my boyfriend because I am currently seeing my ex-boyfriend while he's gone (laughs) secretly Okay, so I don't, I don't, we weren't like hooking up or doing anything sexual. So like, not that that makes it okay, because it doesn't at all. I'm not condoning this behavior. Emotional. Yeah. So we were actually hanging out on Valentine's Day. Um, but it, seriously, nothing happened. I bet you guys are all thinking like, yeah, right, you fucking liar. But seriously, like nothing <laughs> happened. Um, but I, you know, I did proceed to wear the earrings, which is so fucked up thinking back, like hanging out with like somebody that I am essentially cheating. You know, it was cheating. It wasn't like sexual, but it was emotional. Like I definitely believe that that's cheating. The next day or two, I break up with him, my long distance boyfriend, because I felt so bad, like so bad. And I, it was really easy, like in our situation to kind of like have two different lives because he was long, like we weren't together like physically and our relationship was on the rocks like I said to begin with and in retrospect mm-hmm. we shouldn't have been together and that's obviously you know clear to probably everybody listening um anyways so what's funny though is that oh not really funny but it actually it is kind of funny so I break <laughs> up with him so I break up with him like two days later and he proceeds to first of all just like Obviously, he was very hurt. He was very emotional, which I think is, it's, I, you know, it's great when guys are able to be that. This isn't like, you know, a negative thing. Um, but one of the things uh, in his fit of rage that he said to me was, you better fucking return those Tiffany's earrings. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, I thought 
thought maybe he would say that, but then a part of me thought maybe he wouldn't. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested to know if like any listeners out there have ever had their ex, you know, have them return would you, something. Would you have offered them back or would do you think you would have just like moved, breezed on past it? Like with you know, the earrings? Not adding salt to the wound. Yeah. If he didn't ask for them back, do you offer yeah. them well, back? Wait, wait, wait. He didn't ask for them back. He asked me to go to Tiffany's and return them in person, which I had to. <laughs> In Portland. So I had and to like fucking... film it so that he could get the satisfaction. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, they're expensive, like 200, two something, which is a lot of money to me now. And it was a lot of money to me when I was like 21. Yeah. So I went to Tiffany's and I returned them. And like looking back on it, it was hilarious. I have never been to a Tiffany since then. And I never will return. Um, did so... they ask you like, why, you know, does every, is everything okay? Like, why did you, re- why are you returning these? Honestly, I don't even remember. I think I like semi blacked out because I was like so embarrassed and I was like, I felt horrible. Like I knew that what I did was horrible and I don't even think that at this time, he actually didn't even know that I was like seeing my ex. Like I broke up with him and like without any real like explanation and so he didn't even know how bad it was but I knew and I felt horrible and so it was kind of like the walk of Shane like into Tiffany's to like return them. Anyways, it was fucking horrible. I'm sure Tiffany sees some shit. I mean. Like engagement rings? Thank God it wasn't a fucking wedding ring or something. My God. That would have been way worse. Like. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, so that is like one that really comes to mind for sure. And then there's one other scenario that I remember from middle school or high school. Fuck. I don't even know. And um, I don't even remember if it was Valentine's Day, but like. This guy came to my door and brought me flowers and chocolate and asked me to be his girlfriend. So, like, I feel like it was Valentine's Day because, like, why would you do that if it wasn't? I don't know. But, like, two days later, I think we stopped being bored for a girlfriend. And I don't know that we ever really broke up, but I don't know. I know you have a similar story, Tiffany. That's amazing. <laughs> we Yeah, we both – I'm sure a lot of people might realize they've got some – Lingering relationships. Yeah, I um, technically never <laughs> broke up with my fifth grade boyfriend. And actually, when we graduated high school, we joked, um, you know, that's the longest relationship we've ever had and that we've never broken up. And then we still didn't break up. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a side piece that yeah. I – It's perfect, too. We don't have to talk. We never fight. It's honestly, like, the most low-maintenance relationship I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty great. I think a lot of people could probably use some of that. Do you think I should break up with him? (laughs) I mean, I would probably ask your husband, but I don't know. It's fine. I think it's fine. We'll keep it going. There are people in Utah that are, like, married to a million people, so I think it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) For me – I'm glad I could live vicariously through you, even though, I mean, I'm sure now it's funny, but at the time it was slightly traumatic. My Valentine's Day have always been, because it's my birthday and because Mm -hmm. I was not big on the dating scene growing up, I kind of just did my own thing. I don't have any bad or fun stories. Like, it's always just been pretty good. It's been all about me. So let's be honest. Um, Hasn't been bad. But I hope everyone out there has a good Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. whether they're celebrating with loved ones or a best friend or a bunch of friends. There's no reason to be sad about it because you can all celebrate my birthday. Uh, That's yeah. a thing. And no matter what, just remember the shitty thing that I did to my boyfriend like 10 years ago and you'll feel better. 
about yourself. Yeah, so, always use Nina as your benchmark. Yeah, for yeah. A yep. Valentine's Just be Day. nice. Be nice. Okay? Don't be like me. Um, but Tiffany, but just like one quick thing about, I think that's really great that like you have had all these Valentine's Day that have all been good and because you've been spending them with yourself, if you will. And I think that that is something that people should, you know, try to remember on Valentine's Day, right? It's like you should love yourself and be there for yourself always as well. It doesn't always have to be like about your partner necessarily. Obviously, everybody loves to be loved. um, And it's a really special thing that, you know, brings a lot to our life. But, you know, you should love yourself as well. So I hope everybody also, you know, keeps that in mind going into this week that can be kind of shitty sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, really, if I could, I would take Valentine's Day to just do things for myself, go to the spa, go to get my nails done, read, do absolutely nothing. Mm And um, it's a good opportunity too. So good point. Valentine's Day can be fun for everyone. It can. Speaking of Valentine's Day, which is looming, back to what I've been avoiding it clearly, but I don't think we can avoid talking about it anymore. Can you help me? Like what has 30 been like for you? You've been 30 since December. (laughs) I know so long. Oh my God. (laughs) I know you've got some miles under your belt. Did you notice it? Did you wake up and you're just like, I'm 30? I always say that I felt like I've been 30 for like the past five years just because my like early 20s and like late teens were just like so crazy that like by the time I was like 24, I just was so exhausted. But from partying, let's be clear, not from like working hard or being successful from partying. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, my 30th was honestly, like, not a great day. Um, I think there were a lot of things that were kind of playing into it. Um, I made a lot of really huge life changes leading up to my 30th birthday, which we'll talk about in, like, a million other episodes because we need that many. But um, my husband and I shared, like, celebrated my 30th, like, three weeks before my actual birthday because we had a ton of stuff coming in the next few weeks like uh when my birthday actually arrived we had just moved to Seattle I had started a new job he was currently looking for a job um I had just discovered my first wrinkle under my eye so you know there was a lot going on um and I you know when the day actually came it was kind of shitty because you know I was already feeling kind of uncomfortable and I was having a lot of anxiety like even if you, you know, even if I was turning 27, you know, like I would have been feeling that way still. So having like the big 30 as like the day was like shitty. And, you know, my husband wanted to do something fun and my, my brother and my sister-in-law live in Seattle as well. And they wanted to do something, but I was just feeling really down on myself and it was, you know, nobody's fault. Um, it was me. And like, I've had a lot of birthdays like that. I've also had really good birthdays. I don't know if it is because it was 30 because like I know I've had birthdays when I was like 23 where I felt like shit you know I I I ask myself a lot like why it was that way I will say that like after like the actual birthday like a few days later I suddenly became like truly I am I am obsessed with like staring at my face and looking for wrinkles I know it sounds like so superficial and so fucking stupid but like, and it makes nope. me, it makes me mad. Like it makes me mad that I actually care so much about it. But like, um, also, I mean, I know Tiffany knows this, but for our listeners, I've also been dealing with 
really severe adult acne, hormonal acne. And so my skin has just been like in a state of constant turmoil for the past like six months. So I spend a lot of time taking care of it and I'm really like aware of everything. And yeah. Yeah. And like, I swear to God, like the ads are like, they know they've known for years. I mean, obviously, cause the internet is like spying on us constantly, but like they want me to buy all this wrinkle shit and I buy it. I'm it's fucking horrible. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like, I wonder if guys think that. Like, I remember my husband turned 30 like a few months before me, and like, I swear to God, I didn't face him at all. I'm like, fuck you. Really? It's not fair. I definitely think women put more pressure on themselves to have hit certain milestones. Um, I'm also not sure if it's because, uh, not that men aren't, but we anticipate the future a little more have a little more anxiety about the future and we plan things out a little more I feel like um yeah like the five ten year plan I feel yeah. like beyond your career we have it for our lifestyles as well um and at least when I talk to my friends everyone kind of has it's great to have goals but everyone has this idea of where they'll be you know down the yeah. road and it very much isn't just in their job it's everything so I think we kind of hold that, hold ourselves to that, and it can, it can be both something to work towards, but it can also feel like a disappointment when you get there and you haven't hit those mile markers. That's how I feel. I've been thinking a lot about, I don't know how you felt leading up to your 30th, if I've been like super dramatic about it in <laughs> Tiffany fashion, and um, I'm not sure if you were this way, but you heard me like talk about it a lot and I've been really pensive and sitting and thinking about um approaching my 30s and I I thought about a lot last night too as we were I was planning out this episode and it was kind of cathartic in that way everyone else tells me your 30s are your best and everyone else has these great parties for their you know 30th birthday and it's just this big celebration and it Everyone seems really excited about it. So I surprised myself um, by having an existential crisis of sorts. Um, instead of embracing the 30-ness, I, like, wasn't excited. I focused, and still to this day, I focused <laughs> on all the boxes you're supposed to have checked off. Literally, if turning 30, every milestone is a coin, heads is like where you want to be I was tails it was the complete opposite going mm -hmm. into 30 which I found really um interesting so I actually in thinking about them I don't know if they were ever my boxes or just boxes that society and everyone told me I should fill but I literally was like I'm supposed to be an executive at some tech company making you know I'm supposed to have made the 30 under 30 list in Forbes or Times or whatever in reality right now, I'm very much in career transition. I kind of don't fully know where I'm headed. And it's the first time in a long time that I've been in this space. Um, I also thought, like, I'm supposed to have two kids by now. And I am kidless. I've been in this negative headspace about it for months, actually, to the point where I didn't even want to celebrate my birthday. Uh, I never do, to be honest. I, so I guess that's nothing new. But I didn't want to party. Um, I kind of didn't even want to talk about it. People would approach the topic and I would just roll my eyes or avoid it or just be kind of negative Nancy about it. So last night in thinking about this episode, I actually managed to shift 
my narrative a little bit, which surprised me. Um, so I realized that at 30, instead of, you know, not being at the top of my career, I'm finally empowered enough in my career to do what I want for myself, even if part of that step is figuring out what I want to do. And I don't have kids, but I have some pretty awesome nephews and a really high-maintenance dog that makes up for it. Things like that. So in that moment, I mean, I'm still having an existential crisis, let's be real. But in that moment, I started to think outside the checkboxes and see it a little differently, which was nice. And I think that's kind of mindfulness that I need to practice going forward. But yeah, I still don't want to party. Some things will never change there. But I like... Last night was probably the first time I started to not be so negative about it, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. I wish that I had, you know, done the same thing. I think I went up and down where I would kind of do what you're talking about, you know, like leading up to it. I would get really down and, you know, want to ignore it and not celebrate it. And then I would be able to like kind of talk myself out of it and, you know, be a little bit more positive. But like when the day actually came, I just lost it. So I hope that you can continue on with, you know, being more positive. No, and I I think it's really important because going back to like what you were saying earlier with like society, I do think that every, all the pressure that's put on us as women, especially around 30 is from society and it's not fair. Um, I think that aging is hard for men. I understand that, but I do think that a lot of it, um, the pressure that we feel at 30 has to do with society, right? It's like, kids you know like you said like we should have kids and if we don't have kids we should be really successful um and not to say that either of us aren't successful in our own ways I think every single person is um but it is a lot of pressure and it's really scary and I think for me when I you know reached this point I just kind of looked at my life and I was like it was very obvious to me like where I needed to make those changes you know And I think that's one really positive thing about turning 30 is that you, you know, like I know who I am now in a way that I had no idea when I was like in college, which I don't know that anybody does. Um, I think some people just get really lucky and end up like where they actually are supposed to be. Um, But then there are people like, you know, me and I think you, Tiffany, in some cases too, right? Like we just fell into a certain career and a certain path. And at some point we were like, eh, this doesn't feel right. You know, like it just, when you're 30, it's like, I don't feel, you know, old, if you will. I feel like I'm just my true self now. And I learn new things about myself still every day. And, and those are things that make me love myself more. And I'm trying to focus on those things and channel those things into my career more so. And I think everybody should do that more. You're only here once. And so when I think uh, about, you know, like right now I'm 30 and yeah, like I don't feel like I'm exactly where I should be in the work world. But like it's better to be figuring it out now than, you know, before it's when it's too late, you know, when you're like on your deathbed and you're like, well, I probably should have quit my accounting job sooner because I didn't get anything from that, you know, like, yes. Not that I know there's a lot of accountants that are really happy and, you know, good for you. But just an example. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an example. I'm just saying, like, I think it's really important because I think because of all the pressures from society again, you know, to be like successful and wealthy and, you know, have no wrinkles, like whatever, like people feel like they're, you know, forced into this like, you know, box 
where it's like you have to stay here yeah. to be successful and to make money even if you're not happy and like I just I for one think that turning 30 in these past couple months have they've been really hard but they've taught me that you know I don't want to be in that box and I don't care what that means for me financially um I truly believe that like if I'm happy then like the wealth will come to me in various different forms so yeah it's true it's not just literal wealth yes that makes sense I feel a little okay I feel a little better yeah a little I mean yeah yeah you're helping me step towards the light and I think also for a a lot of people but especially for people like um you and me Mm -hmm. we you know it's you're not just gonna wake up one day and be like I just feel positive about everything and everything's just great it's it it's practice it takes practice like I know I to think the to be in that headspace I was in last night where I finally was starting to have a momentary lapse of like self-acceptance and things like that Mm -hmm. I would have to intentionally practice it like it doesn't just come to me normally I'm kind of uh I prefer to operate in permanent um crisis yes so you know if anyone has any tips for you know mindfulness and positive thinking I would love to hear because that's something that's been you know number one of my priority list to practice a little bit more yeah definitely I feel a little better about going into our my 30s our 30s we're doing it together we are we are that's another good point though you know friends they help you through it all make sure you're surrounded by a group of really supportive amazing people that's like the most important thing that's another thing I learned in my 30s I guess I learned it sooner I would say like from like 28 to like now I just really focused on um the people in my life and the relationships in my life yes because I knew that 30 was approaching <laughs> oh, two years you were earlier. more proactive I I wait to the last minute the last yeah, couple months yeah. to have but, a meltdown you know unfortunately I also had some like situations with some friends that happened that you know really forced me to evaluate some friendships and ultimately though I I mean it sounds so cheesy and it's like all over the internet right now but it's so true is that you just need to assess your life and then like take out all the toxic people and toxic things because it's not sustainable I kind of learned that for me personally like I work better with smaller groups of friends and groups of friends that I feel want to see me succeed you know and are cheering me on and I'm learning from them and they're helping me grow some people they they don't necessarily have the capacity to do that and that's okay but you know in my life like you only have so much time and so much energy you know and who do you want to give it to and you need to give a lot to yourself and to your friendship like to your friendships your marriage or your relationships your you know romantic or otherwise your family And then, you know, there's work, which is draining. So, I mean, I think I just am a lot better at, like, realizing, like, who's really worth the time now. And I think when I was younger, I – my time was spent just so differently, you know. And I didn't didn't understand that. That's kind of a perfect leeway because it's one of – it's something I wrote down right here next to me. Um, I really want to talk about things we've learned in our 20s. I think we'll have a lot of similar things and mm-hmm. maybe some slightly things. Is But the things that are similar will probably be coming from different perspectives. So to trailer on what you were just saying about cutting out toxic people and giving your energy to those who lift you up, what I have written here that I've learned and has been hard for me to accept, kind of coming from a different perspective but ultimately the same end goal, is that 
I wrote down, some people are friends for a season, and that's okay. So I've heard this from one of my best friends, Na, who's, who passed it on from other people, and she always reminds me of this, and it helps me a lot. I think it's not even necessarily toxic people, but I think we go through life feeling this urge that you have to cling to friendships, and friendships ending are really is really bad and really sad, which it can be, and it is, and obviously it's good to invest in your friendships. You know, you find yourself, as you go on in life, things are changing, you're getting married, people are starting families, work. There's just, it's really hard to have a long list of friends that you can actively invest your time in. I think some of your my friendships are perfect in that we can be across the country from each other and check in every couple months and it's right where we picked up. Some people I wouldn't be able to sustain the same kind of friendship um, in that capacity with. But all this to say, um, sometimes in life as you mature and get older, some people who were your friends for no reason at all just kind of fall out of your life or they were there for a season and it doesn't have to even be a big fight or fallout. It's just... You guys were really good friends and then life changed and instead of clinging to that or feeling guilt like I would have, I'd sit up at night with intense guilt or, you know, what should I do or how do I reach out to them, um, accepting that sometimes they were just there for a season and that's okay is has been huge for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that and I think it's that's really important. And I've actually noticed – even in the, this is something that in the past month, like some of the friends who I thought, you know, had some similar feelings that you're explaining, you know, that I thought maybe our friendship was over and I was okay with that and I understood why. Um, I've actually started to even rebuild some friendships with those people already, but they're just different friendships. You know, like because we're different now, my expectations for this these people are different and theirs are different for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also something to think about. And like, you know, even if you lose a friend for a little bit and, you know, losing something, it sounds so horrible. And like, it is, like you said, it is really sad, but like that doesn't mean that they're gone forever. Also, you know, it might just be that, you know, right now you guys are just gonna, you know, do your own thing for a little bit and who knows what's in store for the future. But it's hard. Like friendships are really hard, especially when you get older. I mean, you think it's hard when you're young, but you know, when you're young, your relationships are so, you know, one dimensional. There's really not that much going on. You think that you think there is. (laughs) You think everything is the end of the world when you're like, you know, 15. But uh, hoodie up. Earpods in. Yeah, emo AF. That was Taking me. Back Sunday blaring. Yeah. I, I still listen to that shit, and oh my god. I am not ashamed to share that. But yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Definitely. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. What else have you learned in your 20s? I've got a couple more. I think one of the big ones for me personally is I have learned, and this is, again, I think all the stuff that I've really learned is like literally in the past like three years of my 20s. I just from like 25 to 30, I just like a lot happened. Most of mine have been learned the hard way because yep. I'm kind of a ding dong in yep. that uh, it's just like I didn't just have this epiphany. It's from major yep. trial and major error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. No, yeah, 100%. I think a lot of people will probably feel that same way. But one of mine is, is forgiveness. I think. Wow, that's a good. One. Forgiving 
myself first and foremost. Um, that was something that I was struggling with for a really long time. I had a lot of like guilt around things that I had done or said, like things that like aren't even that big of a deal, but to me they were. Like even just going back to my story that I shared earlier about Valentine's Day, right? It's like I had some really awesome uh, boyfriends, some really fucking shitty ones also, but I wasn't always the best partner, right? I wasn't always yeah. the best daughter. I wasn't always the best friend, and I, I don't really know that anybody is all the time. Um, but I was really yeah. hard on myself, um, really, really hard on myself for a really long time, and I couldn't let some of that stuff go, you know, despite, you know, like – going to a therapist and doing a lot of work on myself um, in my early 20s, which, you know, I when I was like 22, I started really like being serious about, you know, learning how to navigate this guilt and overcome it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until really like I met my husband, I don't know, I was like 23 when we really started like seriously dating. And then I moved to California and like I – then I was like, okay, like, I, I kind of felt like I was running away from some of the things, you know? Like, I hadn't really forgiven myself for stuff. I was just kind of trying to, like, get away and, like, restart my life, if you will. Yeah. And But then I could still feel, like, I knew that all these, like, kind of, you know, just being mean to myself. All of this, like, negative self-talk, I knew that that is where that was coming from, you know? Because I felt like I was still, like, maybe not worthy of, like my you know now husband's love or like this job or to live here to have this life whatever so it wasn't until I was like 25 26 that I really was like this has to stop I need to forgive myself and I really just noticed a difference um and I think it's been really life-changing and I think I, I still try to practice it now because even like little things I do sometimes I'm like a week later, I'm like, why am I still thinking about this? Like, was I mean to that person on accident? And I feel bad. And I'm like, wait. I'm that okay. way too. I think that's just our social yeah. anxiety flaring up. No, I, I, yeah, no, I would 100% think that too. But I don't know. I just think that forgiveness, like that, that's just a huge thing that um, I have gotten a lot better. And like, I feel better. Like, it's such a relief, you know, because like, you know, forgiving yourself should be the easiest, but it's not. Um, it's really hard. And now I think one of the things like that I'm still working on and I think I always will be working on um, is working on forgiving, you know, other people as well. I mean, I definitely like I have gotten better at it, but I'm really struggling with like identifying the difference between really forgiving somebody and then like, like, I don't know what the right word is. Like, I feel like I forgive certain situations but then, like, they still make me feel icky inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, true forgiveness is yeah. you, it, you feel better as well. Yes, exactly. I think I'm still kind of struggling with that a little bit. Um, I think that's an art that takes a yeah. long time to master, if ever. I think just yeah. trying to is the first step. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even have forgiveness on here. I think that maybe is our um, Things I've Learned in My 30s podcast. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're, you are decades ahead of a lot of people I know personally too. Hopefully, you know, I can forgive myself. And a lot of that is like having people around you that can forgive you as well. Right. Yes. So, I mean, yes. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Um, but yeah, what, what, what's another thing you have? If you know me a little bit, you might think I am a super spontaneous go with the flow 
super chill type B person, which which I am to some degree, pretty type B. But if you know me really well, you probably don't feel like I'm that spontaneous, you know? And if you're Ben, you think I'm the exact opposite and I'm super high maintenance and anal and whatever. That being said, um, that all comes from me being, I still am to this day. I would like to think it comes from a point of empathy, but it also comes from just uh, fear, I think. But I am a super huge people pleaser to, to my at my own expense a lot of the time. But a lot of the time, I've realized it's actually at everyone's expense. Um, I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to them. And it can actually upset people. So one thing I learned, and I learned this actually right when I was planning my wedding because I had personal experiences of people doing this to me, is that a firm no is better than a weak yes. So sometimes in life, you have to make yes or no choices, and maybe is the worst. What I mean by this is I am one of those people who in my dream world, if I got three different invitations to events on the same day, even though, you know, being social can also be my nightmare, it's actually not FOMO, like the fear of missing out that drives me to say yes to all three and try to genuinely make an appearance at all three, but I'm kind of just this wishy-washy presence at all three. Um, It's my desire to not say no to anyone and to actually you know, try to make everyone happy. But in doing so, am I really making everyone happy if I show up for five minutes each time? No, I don't think so. And how I learned it by wedding planning, I will say, which is probably a whole other episode, I think. You know, when you're wedding planning, you're really sensitive, or at least I was really sensitive to my friendships. And Mm -hmm. that's why wedding planning was hard for me. I was planning the whole wedding for all the other guests. What would they want? What would they like? Um, Nothing was ever really based around what I personally wanted for my own wedding. And one thing I realized is you're pouring so much energy into what you think other people are going to want. And obviously no one else knows that. And no one's going to care about your wedding as much as you are. That's also something I learned, even Mm -hmm. though I love weddings. Don't get me wrong. But, and I had this friend. It happened a couple times, but I remember it with this one friend who I was really good friends with in college And then we left college, and she moved back to her hometown. I moved to Portland. And we just became kind of like Instagram friends, or we'd go over memories, but we didn't actually um, make time to hang out or anything. And I invited her to the wedding, and I gave her really advanced notice. So like eight months in advance, she said, yep, I'm coming. And I totally get that things happen and things come up, but then like three days before the wedding which is like the worst you oh know, my god I, I was super stressed out three days before the wedding she sends me a text really nonchalant says hey I totally forgot I signed up for a race um and she runs all the time so it's not like this was a big thing I don't know I tried to justify it for her but I at the end of the day I had to accept that no my feelings are hurt she said hey I signed up for this race and I totally forgot about it so I can't come to your wedding like I'll make it up to you I, it just made me feel like not prioritized at all and like my wedding just wasn't a big deal but it also was a reflection on where our friendship was right so because I think if her best friend was getting married she would not have signed up for the run in the first place and or she would have ditched the run not to say like the world should revolve around my wedding but 
But it's it true. did make me realize, <laughs> in hindsight, right? If she had said no right away, a lot of people said no, we can't go. Yeah. And I didn't. I still was like, okay, I love you. You love me. Whatever. Like that's fine. And our relationship stayed great, stayed the same. I didn't think twice about it. But it's the people who said yes and then weaseled out of it last minute mm -hmm. that made me realize like you, it was a more personal hit because it's like something better came up. Um, and so I've just realized in where you, where you can, it's okay to say no. And sometimes that's more fair to both parties than a weak yes. Yeah, I think that's really great advice and I have been trying to practice that as well and yeah just for like people pleasers that's really yeah, hard to do yeah. but you I know. mean I don't think I'm a people pleaser I probably should be pleasing people more but that sounds dirty but I don't mean it like that uh, <laughs> we should meet <laughs> we should meet in the middle I think yeah we should together we make the perfect person um oh, yeah. no but just like real quick on that like I'm sure this girl's great um but did you ask what run it was and like Google it? Because I totally would. I'd be like, oh, so what run is this? Like, and then look it up and be like, oh, when could you, you know, sign up and all that shit. I'm crazy though. You but. know what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to let myself, I didn't want to let myself spiral into that yeah. level of like yeah. anxiety. And it actually was a good closure to me. For I sure. never, I, it's safe to assume she's not listening to this. I never really talk to her after I didn't talk to her after that I was super short and understanding but I it kind of felt like a closure to me like it made me I'm not trying to be dramatic but I was always unsure should I invite her I mean we haven't talked in a long time and her doing that made it feel okay for me to just kind of let it go yeah let our friendship go yeah um and back to friends for a season <laughs> I didn't have any hard feelings it didn't take a fight or a fallout it just like I think was I done. was waiting. I was waiting for her to, you know, also wave the white flag. And when she kind of did, I accepted it and it was fine. So if it was a yeah. really good friend, I probably maybe would have gotten a little petty over it. But <laughs> no, it just like it felt OK. And so I don't really consider her my friend. And I'm sure she doesn't either. And I have oh, nothing but good memories with her and good feelings about her. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, weddings really teach you a lot. And like you said, we need to have an episode just about that because people surprise you, negative and positive. But, I mean, I think that's a really good thing to um, share because I think, you know, it's really important to acknowledge that, like, okay, this happened. I think this friendship is, you know, going to be done for now and I'm okay with that and move forward. Like, it doesn't have to yeah. be this, like, huge dramatic blow up breakup you know it's you just have to be like okay this is it for now and I'm moving forward yeah. and I think that that's really great it's um, also kind of like a you can't fire me because I quit yeah type thing. it's like wait but. you're breaking up with me what yeah. <laughs> yeah who do you think you are yeah so I think the last one well this is like kind of two Truth be told, like I said, I mean, I know what I've learned, but I like each of these things, I still have so much growth to do in all these areas. I think we all do, right? Like, that's just kind of what life is. Like, it's not like, oh, like, I'm 30 now. I know everything I'm ever going to need to know, and my life's going to be great now. Like, no. Like, your life changes, and so many things happen that, like, you're constantly working on yourself. Like, if you weren't, then what would be the point? You'd basically be a robot, and, like, that's 
that's yeah. actually scary because like I feel like robots are gonna be here any day now but I like real people with real emotions um but so to that point I think one of the things one of the things that I've been working on is um and that I've learned how to do is how to manage well try to manage my anxiety and my emotions like mm-hmm. more naturally kind of like going back to what you were saying with like mindfulness and stuff like that which is like super on trend right now um, doing yoga yeah and no but like it's super listening to the calm app which i actually yes do, i do but... yes we use sleepy noises at night i mean god i essential oils like i'm all about that life we i um, mean we don't hide that we're basic no we are basic but like yeah i mean if being awesome and healthy is makes me basic then i'm fucking basic but like i think <laughs> i think like going back to that is like so i know i've kind of touched on this a little bit already in this episode but like just really quickly um like when i was in high school i was like super depressed like very depressed and i was actually on medication i don't even know from the time i was like i don't know 16 to maybe like 20 I don't really remember when I went off medication, but like also keep in mind, like I was drinking, like you're not supposed to do that. I was doing other drugs. You're not supposed to do that. But I think a lot of people were like, I don't know. Anyways, point is though, is that like, I also went to therapy. Like I did, I mean, oh my God, I did everything. Um, But at a certain point, and again, this was when I was probably like 23, 22, which is kind of where a lot of like this stuff really started to change for me. And I think a lot of that is that I just was like, I'm done taking medication. And I have no problem with medication. I think there's a lot of really awesome things that are out there to help people. Um, And I think if it's right for you, you should 100% do it. But I made the decision to like try to find ways to manage my anxiety and my emotions more naturally so that I could, you know, I I wanted to feel more in control, um, but also be emotional because like I am emotional. I am dramatic. That is who I am. And I don't want to, like, silence any of that. And, like, there were times when I was on medication where I felt like that was happening and I wasn't, like, my mm-hmm. authentic self and it sucked. So yeah, um, I have learned to, you know, manage those things by, like, really, like, just obvious shit that they don't teach you when you're younger, like eating healthy, exercising, like, you know – like you were saying, like, there's all these amazing resources resources out there now to help with stress and anxiety, like, you know, all the meditation apps. Um, and also, like, this isn't, like, a plug for anything, but, like, Headspace is a really great app. Um, and everybody should use it if you want to just, like, try meditating. And, you know, just, like, exercise and things like that I've used a lot. And don't get me wrong, like, I still have horrible you know, uh, moments and anxiety, but like it's, I, I know how to handle it a little bit better. I just want to say like props to you actually too, because it obviously like exercise is good for anxiety and I should do it and all that good stuff. I'm just not good at it. I do it to be done with it. I'm yeah. trying to work on that part of me. That's not such a lazy ass, but you today, I was so proud of you. You told me, <laughs> you texted me and you're like, I'm going, you know, I'm going to go running real quick. And do you remember I texted you? I said, like, real running? Yeah. I meant, like, are you running to the store? Like, <laughs> I like I just can't fathom it. So, and you're like, yeah. um, I mean, it's on a not like, And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a crazy, like, runner person who's like, oh, yeah, this is so fun. But, like, I literally do it, like, to feel better. Because, like, I know I'm going to be anxious, like, no matter what, pretty much. Like, when I wake up. For ex- or yesterday I drank also, sidebar. And so, like, obviously if I have any alcohol, like, I already, like, know that I'm going to feel, like, more anxious the next day. 
So <laughs> I like had to do it. Um, yeah. But anyways, I mean, I just think, yeah, that's like a huge thing that um, I've learned. And that also, like, like I said, like just the past like three, three years, two years, um, I also like, I think a lot of me learning how to do that also came from some new friends that I've made the past few years who have really taught me a lot of these things and like led by example, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, I find that really, really helpful. Um, and just having that support there. So yeah, I think that's another thing. And that's something that I would encourage everybody to consider, like whether it's like anxiety you're dealing with or, you know, I mean, there's like so many things, obviously, like just being healthy and trying to live that lifestyle can help you with so many things. So I really encourage people to at least like explore that, um, if you're dealing with anything, uh, mental health related. Yeah, I agree. And I can also vouch for the Calm app because they have um, sleep stories on there, which is basically adult bedtime stories. I would highly recommend it. I listened to them. Um, There was a period where I literally wasn't sleeping for six months straight, and I listened to that, and it was the only thing that could get me to pass out. Um, Yeah. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Not an ad. No, not an ad. Um, I don't Yeah. So my last one is kind of – it kind of is encompassing everything we've talked about until up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I learned, and surprisingly, it took me a long time to get here. I also have a slight phone addiction, which I will fi- – hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm addicted to my iPhone. I'm finally admitting it. One thing I realized is that human connection trumps social connection. So that being said – I'm actually not a social media hater. I know, Nina, you feel many types of ways about it. Oh, so many types of ways. That, again, more episodes just on social media, right? But I I do think it the intentions were good behind it, and Mm -hmm. it's a great tool for businesses and for personal use. And truly, you know, if used within reason and in the right way, it can be good. And sometimes it's the only way to connect. So I have a lot of extended family. All my extended family lives on the East Coast. We never physically see each other. Having phone conversations and linking up that way is kind of difficult. But it just feels good to kind of get to follow along with their life and see photos of them from afar. And I would like to think they feel the same way. But that being said, those moments around the campfire, you know, the Kennedy School and Bend or something like that with friends or a complete stranger, those give me a literal endorphin rush that no Instagram like could ever do. And so that's something I've realized I get more bang for my buck personally and for my soul and everything with going with human connection and having a really good conversation, even if it's short, than I do if I were to take that time and spend it on social media. Yes. Yes. That is so important. Yes. yes. Like I literally like, you know, we have to talk about this more because, you know, I have so many feelings, but you're 100% right. Like we need to get like some like fucking scientist on here to explain this, but like, it's so obvious spending time with people and really connecting with people is so important and it makes you happy. And it's like just with us, like our relationship, like I think about a lot of my friendships, my friendships and then like me and then the other person and then like how social media plays a part in that relationship with you it's like when we hang out like we're never really on our phones I mean like maybe now and then I'll post something on my story but like you know like I'm never really on my phone and then I have other friends who are almost always on their phone 
like looking at their stories like while we're hanging out I'm like why the fuck am I here like I I don't understand you know it's so weird and like I think that people yeah I know that like it's not mean to me you know they're not trying to be mean they're like addicted like it's like actually a problem and I can be that friend scary. sometimes and I don't even know yeah no I'm no but that's what I mean it. it's like I don't think that the person that's doing it like when I'm in these situations I don't think that that person is like doing it to hurt me they just it's just like happening and I just think like just being more aware of that is like the first step you know like yeah. that's all and kind of like just like what you were saying you know like you recognize that maybe you spend too much time on your phone right and then like you made changes to kind of make that a healthier relationship thus you know leading to you realizing that like your actual human interactions with people you know you get more value from that i think people spend time on their phones because they're seeking that exact they are connection or rush that you would get from a conversation but it's either it literally isn't available to them right now or they feel like it's not which is funny because when you're physically with friends it is available to you right but you've just it's muscle memory just pop on your phone Mm -hmm. I mean I think like just like really quickly playing off yours and then I'm not going to talk about social media again on this episode but like that is another thing that I have really social media like Instagram became popular in my 20s and I loved it and now I hate it let's just say that like it's all happened in the in our in the past 10 years right so I mean I have made it a point to like I try to make my relationship with it healthy with Instagram like Instagram's really the only one that I use I think that's the only one most people use I don't know though I've also learned how to just have a healthier relationship with it and I think that's really important I've unfollowed a lot of people that I don't need to follow not like even like necessarily people that like I know but like accounts you know like mm-hmm. that I'm just like why am I following this like it just makes me feel like shit you know like right I try to only follow accounts that make me feel good um and are spreading you know messages that I believe in and I find that that really really helps because it turns your feed into something that's potentially damaging to something that is making you feel better and lifting you up versus something that's making you feel like shit and oh my god I should go to the gym I should be keto I should like whatever it is you know I never but I think this goes back to the laziness I see photos of people supposedly uh living their best lives and I'm like good for you though I have no desire to go to the gym still yeah and that's fine so that's where I sit I want to look forward now so I want to going into our 30s we've learned all this stuff supposedly right supposedly Um, yeah I know or we want yeah Things we believe we've learned. We're super enlightened. We are. So what are some of your goals going into 30? I think my main goal, and again, we've already kind of touched on this, and this is probably one that's a lot of people have. But, I mean, my main goal is really focused around, like, my finding what – it sounds so cheesy. Oh, my God. Uh, but, like, whatever. Say yet. Finding my true, like – path career wise but like even bigger than that I am really happy in like most aspects of my life right now like I feel like everything is like in place for the most part but like career wise and like what I'm really doing to like contribute to society I feel like just like isn't there I'm contributing to a lot of like you know I I put a lot of time and effort into my personal relationships my friends my family and my husband and my cat but like I really want to try to you know find my path 
um, your mission. My mission. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds so cheesy. Like my passion, like, well, like everybody's obsessed with that, but like, it's so true. It's like, life's just too short. And I've spent a lot of my, um, not a lot, all of my career so far, um, you know, unfortunately just kind of working in a state of like never really feeling like this is where I was supposed to be. And this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know? And I'm not saying that I'm supposed to be like a fucking politician. God, no. Nina for president. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Um, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I just, I just really am trying to finally just find my way and my passion and follow that. And, and I, I'm determined to find a career that like really allows me to do that. And like my husband, for example, like he works in the brewery industry and like he loves it and like he's actually really good at it. And like his like I've never had what he has, like even when he worked like at the shittiest job and made like barely any money, like he's always been like fulfilled, you know, and he's always been like had something that I've never had. And I always was like, okay, here I am like over here in corporate America, like working in an industry that like I don't really feel like a strong connection with and it's not even really about the industry it's more about like what is like what's my purpose like what am I actually doing to make anything better in this situation you know like what am I doing to make the world better even if it's small um like what's my impact going to be I don't need anybody to know my name or any of that crap you know or like miss me when I'm gone if you will but like I just want to know that like while I was here, I not only followed like my bliss and did like lived my true authentic self, like, you know, while I was here, but like had some sort of impact and like believed in what I was doing, whatever that means, you know, for, for me. Yeah. Finding your mission statement. I think, and I don't think, I know you're not alone in that. So, but your journey is going to be your own. That's the hard part, right? Yeah. Okay, so what are your goals? For- so I don't really have <laughs> firm goals. I have tried to set goals just in the sense that setting them – I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction, so setting them just yeah. naturally makes you work towards them or makes it happen. And I have funny stories about that we can share later when that's actually proven true for me. But I also am notoriously not like a New Year's resolution setter. Sorry, yeah. my voice is wobbly. I'm – in the middle of a coughing session. Anyways, just because I don't want to be held to things that I that just end up in me being disappointed um, mm-hmm. if I don't achieve them. I have one specific goal. That is to, for my 30s, I would like to have dinner with Taylor Swift or something like that. And okay, I want easy. her to tell me that she <laughs> likes our podcast. That's really achievable. So I'm not worried about that one. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be no But problem. I would say it's pretty similar to yours in that definitely I'm looking for my mission statement too. I think in order for me to get to the point where I can even start to figure out what that looks like, I – back to people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to let go. And I've started to do this, but I definitely have a long road ahead. Yeah. I need to let go and be able to allow myself to do things for myself for my family, but definitely not for other people or what I think they're going to think of me or their Mm -hmm. judgment. I make a lot of decisions or don't make a lot of decisions because of everyone's judgment or what they're going to say, what they're going to say behind my back, the jokes they're going to (laughs) make, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. Or like it's wrong to, you know, do this or except for like if I murder someone, 
people can, you know, call me out on it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. bad. That's fine. That's not okay. You can call me out on it. But little things that just involve myself and my family, like career changes or whatever, mm-hmm. I need to be better at owning those and pursuing them without any regard to being judged because yep. I think the worst thing is to stay in this no man's land where I'm afraid to take a step forward, but I'm, I'm you know, not moving in any direction. That is something that I want to continue to build my confidence in and get better at. And then hopefully from there, the mission statement will pop up. So we'll see. But yeah. Well, um, I think that's amazing. And I also like kind of was laughing when you said that because I like went back and looked at my notes. And I'm not kidding. The only stuff that I have under under goals is the career aspect that we talked about. Um, and then I have learning to let shit go. So yeah, yes. like I think that's huge, huge, huge on so many levels. I think just in general, everybody. I'm chained to my own assumptions, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, my whole family's going to make fun of me or they're going to say this or that. And they never, I'm sure they do, but they never do it to my face. It never happens. It's all just my own assumptions and fears. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to be bound by that anymore. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I hear you a lot on that. Um, but uh, I mean, we're talking about this shit and we're going to put it on the internet. So that's one step, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically like signing a contract. Yeah. It's out there for everyone. So at world can keep us accountable. Yeah. Judge I'm us all you that. want. We don't care. We're oh, here. Please be nice to me. No, don't judge me. <laughs> don't leave bad comments. Don't talk crap about me behind my back or do it really discreetly, please. I'll die. I'll die. I I'll won't. be literally dead. I can't handle it. Don't worry. I got your, I got your back. You know okay. me. Anyways, any last words? I actually – I like doing that. Even if no one listens to this. It's still fun. I Doing this actually is really helpful it's for therapeutic. me. It's therapeutic. It makes me like reflect a lot. Yeah. 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 So thank you for being my partner in crime here. Thank you for being my partner. All right. So we've I think that's our first episode. I know, I think so. Hopefully it's at least one person listens to it. <laughs> I know. And if if you listened to it and felt any type of way about it, please let us know. We'd love to yes. hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear if you disagree or agree on anything, what your goals are, um, can maybe help open up our minds to new yes. um, goals as well. And also, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. Um, only if it's a five-star review, though. Yeah, anything else? No, don't even bother. We don't want any um, honest reviews. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to grow for the better, evolve, or actually make this anything worth listening to. So Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah really, just let us know what you think. If you, want, if you have any thoughts, just leave it. You can message us on our WordPress or on Instagram. Whatevs. Okay. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye.